What's up, what's up, what's up? Uh, it's the Sons of Hanarchy podcast here, uh, coming to you live. Uh, but Sans Stevo, therefore the missteps in the intro because I'm not used to doing it. Well, um, it's me, Hot Take Tommy, and I'm joined this week by Joel, our unofficially official Minnesota Twins uh, correspondent, we'll say. Um yep. I'm more of the uh, just trying to get Steve removed from the Sons of Anarchy podcast. That's kind of my mission now. So that's my correspondence to remove Steve-O. The San Steve-O podcast. Yes. Hell yes. Hell yes. And, um, well, speaking of Steve-O, he is not with us because he is out and about traipsing, enjoying a good vacation while we're putting in real work over here. Um, but nonetheless... We had Lance Lynn cursing up a storm on the mound. Good games all around, but not as good as the drunken videos that I've been getting from Junk Shy Sox fan, of course. Um, but all that to be said, he's not even here. Why are we talking about him? Just to give you guys a little taste of what exactly I'm talking about when I say drunk videos from Steve on the West Coast. Wanted to um, actually give you a voicemail that I received last night right after the Sox won uh, that beautiful 1-0 game. Uh, so please, just enjoy. Tommy, it's Steve. We're at a karaoke bar. Most of us are high-end drunk. But I just wanted to say hi, and it's a fucking White Sox winner tonight. We're at a karaoke bar. We are family. There we go. family! <laughs> so there it is for you. A little taste of what Steve's up to on the West Coast. Now back to Joel and I talking shop. Joel, how are you doing? Well, you bringing up Lance Lynn just reminds me of how Minnesota never does good with who they sign when they trade them <laughs> in the Wiggins. Lance Lynn, hey, let's trade for Rudy Gobert, one of the most mentally soft players in the league, and see if two seven-footers can exist in 2023. <laughs> um, yeah, screw you too, Alex. Uh, good to see you in the comments, though. Um, but no, I, I – I don't think that you're seeing the future of the NBA, Joel. I know a lot of like teams are focused on three-point shooting and, you know, uh, Steph Curry just won another NBA title, but seven, two seven-footers, that's the future. That's the future. We literally traded six first-round picks because we <laughs> traded our four future and last two and somehow thought, hey, the dude who coughed on the mic before COVID was a thing, that's the guy we're going to invest our entire future in. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I I just I can't fathom an organization giving up six first-round picks and thinking that's okay. Like, that doesn't make logical sense to me. But you're saying this is just Minnesota through and through? Dude, I really wish I wasn't so crabby. How do you not be crabby? You guys aren't crabby, but I, as a Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, I want him gone. Byron Buxton, we don't play him enough. Carlos Correa, he's going to leave us. Like, I don't have any positivity right now. 
Carlos Correa's he's you know fun to watch question mark he he did a fun thing like at second base the other day he was like oh am I gonna get you out I'm gonna get yeah anyway it's like it's probably just hard to be I'm trying to make you feel better but it's probably just hard to be a Twins fan we rarely play Buxton and Correa I mean like in a in a series you probably would see them once uh because they switch around their off days why we're not just putting pedal to the metal on Carlos Correa, who's going to leave us, is beyond me. But it is what it is. It's how it's going to be until we get there. Lupe Fiasco. <laughs> Chicago native, by the way. Um, by, by the way, we've got a couple of things in the comments here. Uh, Alex, yes, um, we're going to try to make sure that Steve's alive. Um, <laughs> I did try to call him this morning, just straight to voicemail. He was at a karaoke bar late. He's probably just not charging his phone and sleeping it off. Probably. What's the Steve karaoke song? Go to moon. Does anybody know? Uh, it probably would be Journey. Um, but there's as plus it would be fitting with the theme. They're from the Bay Area, so that would have been great to to hear hear some Journey from Steve last night. Let us know if you were there. But uh, <laughs> and also Spags, what up, my guy? Good to have you around as every week. Um, okay, so this uh, the idea behind having you on, Joel, was you know. We've got a big series coming up with Minnesota and the White Sox this upcoming week. It's a way too early pregame for that uh, for that series, being that we're literally playing the Giants right now. But uh, <laughs> what what do you think about coming this upcoming series? So the Twins were not expecting to be in first place going into this year. And yet still we're disappointed because I feel like we've underperformed. I feel like this is our time and you got to capitalize wins in June and May when you know that September is going to get tough. Injuries happen to everybody. Chicago White Sox fans, you all know this way too well, that you need to strike when the iron's hot. So we've been going kind of 50-50 with Cleveland. That's fine. They walked us off twice. Not ideal. But <laughs> I'm worried that the same old, same old is going to happen. Do you know how many playoff games we have lost in a row, Tommy, off the top of your head? Jeez. Well, uh, it was – you got swept last year. Oh, thanks, dude. That was nice. <laughs> Did I, did I bring that up too too uh too soon? Um and then there was the wild card game, wasn't that Tommy? It's 18 playoff games in a row that we've lost. <laughs> 18. The Yankees have smashed us consistently. Houston said, Hey, don't let this just be a northern thing. We want to get in. It's brutal, man. So legitimately, I don't think we're going to do any noise in the playoffs. Thanks, Alex, for that. <laughs> um, I just, hey, baseball's fun, so you try to enjoy it, right? Uh, it's been beautiful weather, which I'm grateful for, but I'm not anticipating this season, this series actually mattering to anything that happens in October. Hashtag buzzkill. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, the good news for you is that the central fucking blows. So no matter no matter who comes out of the central, Joel, whether it's the twins, us or the guardians, none of us are going to succeed. Yeah, there's there's no way there's no way that an AL central team. I would be astounded if an AL central team found its way into the ALCS. It's just not happening. Dude, um, I have a song that could be the theme of the Chicago White Sox this year. It's 1998 by Joe D. Messina. 
It's called I'm All Right, okay? Best line of the song says, I'm above the below and below the upper. That's what you guys are. You're above the below and below the upper. I'm stuck in the middle and I'm doing just fine, but I think I'm going to be all right, okay? It's not rap. It's country music. Well, see, that's why I didn't understand it. But uh, I will say we try to be at least joyful. Um, and uh, in that in that vein, Beer Garden Gym did want to make you uh, aware that you're probably going to lose 22 straight after uh, after this season. Thanks, CJ. <laughs> uh, thank you, Carrie. Yeah, no, we don't like Steve either. Yeah. Um, as uh, as Joel mentioned, it's actually the goal to just get him out of the podcast here. So um, this week, so the the first start for that. Um, if he, if he makes it back from San Francisco alive, by the way, we don't know that that's going to happen. You know, apparently he was calling people at uh, four a.m. yesterday. Um, so you know, and his phone's just straight up not on right now. Uh, we'll put it we'll put it out at APB for him if uh, if anything. But <laughs> but I, I'm not. I, I do actually have contacts in uh, San Francisco PD, so um, we can keep, we can I can keep tabs on him, guys. If, if push comes to shove, if push comes to shove, push has shoved. Okay, push <laughs> shoving. Perfect. Well, uh, okay. So we've we've talked about how you, I, I actually wanted to ask you if you, you and you've answered the question. So you think that the Minnesota Twins are below expectations this year? They are in first place as we speak. Yeah. So we just lost our pitching coach because LSU threw that bag, dude. <laughs> Tripled his salary, and then he pulled the God card. He said, hey, dude, Scott's calling me to go to LSU and to leave you guys hanging. Uh, which you think God's calling him? <laughs> dude, God's plan. Hashtag Blake, man. We can't mess with it. That's incredible. So, we have Chris Archer, who's been probably the most successful Twins reclamation project out of the 20 million that the Twins fail on. Homer Bailey, uh, Ramon Ortiz. The most classic is Levon Hernandez when he told us he was three years younger than he really was. And that kind of blew up in our face. So, but Chris Archer swore by this guy. And he's an actual piece in our rotation, right? Dylan Bundy is an actual piece in our rotation. So you have to imagine that these guys are not going to be as successful and the front management has refused to put any bullpen arm in there besides uh, Duran. And so we have one dude who's a flamethrower. And other than that, dude, I'm really nervous. So that's the thing about the bullpen that like, okay, uh, granted, you're starting rotation. I... 100%. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I think we made fun of your starting rotation before this during the offseason, like in a podcast. It was like we were almost certain that all these reclamation projects were going to be terrible and were not going to work out for you guys. And here you are, like the starting rotation for the twins has been good, which is absolute breaking news in my opinion. But that bullpen, man, like, well, you know. But you got to give the White Sox the edge because Gio's not going to throw 50-50 the whole year. And a guy named Devin Smeltzer <laughs> is not going to be a solution for our team. Our, our like reinforcements is Randy Dobnek. Dude drove Uber before he got to the majors. His nickname's straight up Uber. So uh, <laughs> unless we throw the bag at some free agent, to be at the trade deadline, I can't see this actually amounting. And to be honest, you guys are getting Eloy back soon. I just picked him up in fantasy, low key, getting ready for that. It's his sprint speed is starting to increase. Tell me, 
That's um, I don't know if I should be happy or worried about that. Now I'll tell you why. Because Giolito, he bulked up right for the season, and it has not worked out for us. He added twenty pounds of muscle, right? And I'm just like now all I'm weary. I'm weary. Weary, wary. I'm wary of any body changes to somebody who's like an all-star on our team. Because it's like if he thins down and increases sprint speed or whatever, I don't know, man. I don't know. I would rather him hit dingers. We need fucking dingers. If you need somebody to show him how to lose muscle mass quickly, I'm very willing to give him my plan. It's foolproof, dude, to lose that muscle mass. Easy wins. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty easy to lose. Mo- like just don't move, uh, at all. I, that's what's been successful for me. This, uh, this last season, um, Alex, since Steve's not here, we will not be fat shaming. Um, that's kind of Steve's bag. Not really my thing. Um, so I'm just saying, uh, and beer garden, it, it is actually possible to add 20 pounds of muscle. It's, uh, it's steroids, anabolic steroids. Um, you know, we're a big fan of those, those on this podcast. Actually, if there were more steroid use by the white Sox, we'd probably not be 26th in the league in freaking home runs. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's really, really, really bad for a team. That's supposed to be <laughs> for a team. That's supposed to be in contention here. Um, do you ever miss the Bomba squad, Joel? No, I don't miss the Bomba squad, dude, because we lost in the playoffs, dude. You don't miss <laughs> losing. Let me ask you this about Dingers, dude. Are you convinced that the White Sox need to hit more home runs to have an efficient offense, or is there another way? Okay, uh, well, that's freaking perfect to bring up because – I, okay, first of all, to answer your question shortly, yes, I think that the thing that we need is dingers. Like, I'm not. That's the that's the only thing that we need. That's the thing that we're missing. Look, we're batting 252 as a team. That's good for seventh best in the MLB. And Carrie, yes, I'm talking about batting average. I am talking about batting average. I fucking Can you tell me what the BABIP is on that as well, Tommy? I'd love to know the exit velocity if you have that <laughs> written down. The exit, the average exit velocity for the White Sox is probably like 75 miles an hour. And um, the that's, not even that. <laughs> that's the number you threw out means you have no idea what analytics really are. No idea. No clue. It's not important. It's not important. But the team is getting an, a hit. I'll put it to you this way. You know, we'll dumb it down even more, right? I said a 250 batting average. Oh, what does it mean? I don't know. It's analytics, right? It's a hit every one hit out of every four at bats. This White Sox team. Right. Okay. We're still 26th in the league in home runs, which means we're not hitting any fucking dingers. Okay. Like, doesn't matter that the the White Sox are getting one hit in every four at bats because we're still losing games. That's like, that's the end all be all. Right. If you hit dingers, you win games. There's like stats that are out the wazoo about if you hit two home runs in a game, you like are fucking guaranteed to win. I am not giving real statistical information. Per what you just said, Joel, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but. But you are saying wazoo, so we got that going for us. <laughs> it's very clear. The paint, the picture that is painted is that we're below 500, right, as a ball club, and we're not hitting home runs, right? So if we hit home runs, then we'll go above 500. It's, it's just like that. It's that easy. You would say that hitting is more important to the success than pitching? Uh, I would, I would absolutely at this point, at this point. So I'm, I'm actually not 
worried about White Sox pitching. A lot of people are really worried about our bullpen. It's going to be fine. You know, Hendricks will be back, you know, and then um, we'll just. You know who had William Hendricks to start his career? The Minnesota Twins. And then we said, dude, (laughs) you're not going to be any good. Just keep going, man. Just enjoy another place. It's, It's iconic. David Ortiz, where did he get drafted? You already know, dude. Um, yeah, no, the Twins are good. Uh, yeah, uh, well, look, I, I actually will say I am worried about this upcoming upcoming series against you guys. I really am. And yes, Kerry, we did already talk about La Bamba Squad, which was a, it was a pretty lame nickname, Joel. I'm not going to lie. Um, they, you know the previous nicknames that the Twins had? We were the Piranhas. You remember that with Ozzy Guillen? When we had like Nick Punto, who could just literally, we were saying our identity is being slappy. That's um, that'll that'll play. That's I mean, that's actually the White Sox identity is a slappy team, which is not that's not helpful. It's it's not. I, I'm watching a slappy team every goddamn night, and it's not fun. I'm not enjoying it. I would rather see some goddamn dingers. And no, I everybody who's out here thinking like, oh, the one to zero game in San Francisco, like that's real baseball. Fuck you. It's not like one. A single off the bat of Leury Garcia does not get me going as I do like Leury Garcia. I am a corporate fan. However, I do not appreciate a one to zero win in the in on July 1st when we're still below 500 and we just lost a series to Shohei Otani and a a slumping Mike Trout. I'm just I'm not excited about it right now. Dude, like two, three years ago, I came on this podcast and just pitched that we need to make baseball more friendly to the average fan. Right. And so the one to zero game just doesn't entice people that aren't Cooperstown cronies is what I call them. And so not only is that just like a big picture idea for baseball, but Chicago White Sox is a brand, right? And you have to compete with that other brand that for some reason has gotten rated to the place that it is. And so to be honest, I think that your team should focus on the dingers more I don't know if it necessarily is going to make playoffs, right? But it brings everything you want of, A, fan interaction and something to kind of put your, like, hat on at the end of the night. If Eloy comes back and he hits, like, the ball out of the park, people are going to be excited going into next year nonetheless. Absolutely. Absolutely. Goddamn lutely. And and this is actually perfect. We were talking about this on a recent podcast where – um Steve's pops went down to Atlanta and they do like pyrotechnics, some kind of like laser show shit after every strikeout. Right. So like it's, you know, a lot of teams do the, the home run shoot off a couple fireworks. White Sox are one of them or like, um, they've got the fountains out in, uh, in, uh, at the, at the big A, the, the angels, I think they shoot fountains up or something when they hit a home run. Doesn't matter. Point is they should start doing shit like that more often. And in between innings or whatever, just like find a way to introduce more pyrotechnics into the game that would get people involved. That would get people excited. And Hey, honestly, if you set off home, like an additional amount of fireworks for every home run, maybe these guys would be more enticed to hit said home runs. Cause it really is a boring thing. If you sit through a whole white Sox game and you don't see fireworks until after the game is over, because there's a lot, it's Lollapalooza night 
and they have a fireworks show and you had to wait, you know, four hours for it without seeing any fireworks and the White Sox lose. And then there's pyrotechnics after the fact. It's just not a good product when when we don't have dingers. Oh, professional wrestling. It's <laughs> oh my god! I actually there was a buddy of mine in college who loved WWE, and he was dead convinced, dead convinced that baseball is rigged and and is scripted, just like the WWE. And I was like, "There's no fucking way." And that might I, be the worst take I've ever heard. <laughs> if you're gonna script a single sport. Why would you ever script baseball with how it is actually done? You could argue the strike zone. That's about it. But every other component is so hard to control in comparison to basketball and football where you have fouls that you can call in a very clear whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and that like the lack of like – I mean, you just have to have the pitchers in on it. You'd have to have the pitchers in on it. And that was his argument is that like the teams are in on it, just like the WWE, like the actual wrestlers are in on the gig. But no, this is no. It's I'm I'm appreciative that you you think it's a wild take as well. Dude, um, the other thing with that type of stuff, man, is like, then why don't the Mets have the greatest team in the entire world? If we're scripting everything, why in the heck did Kansas City have a team? <laughs> That in the, you know, 10 years ago, decade, I nailed it. That's how you speak English, oh, uh, was relevant at all. Like, it's stuff like that that it's just like, what? Are you on realgm.com on their baseball forum right now? Where are you getting this stuff? Yeah, um, it doesn't make sense. The 2014-2015 Royals don't, uh, they, they don't exist in my mind because I've deleted them because they ruined my life several times over. Yeah. Um they they we're not here to talk about the royals fuck the royals um i do i do however i do have a bone to pick i got a bone to pick so here's here's my thing beef loaf went out here and tweeted out the other day and i felt really attacked by this tweet so he he's he's out here he says and i'll quote it for you you know my favorite white song white Sox fan fiction right now is the theory that Frank Menachino, Menachino, Menechino, whatever, has tricked the hitters into thinking home runs are bad and changed all their swings so that they don't hit them. Look, it's not a fan fiction theory, Beef Loaf. That's fucking real. Menachino may is the is the actual problem with this team. He comes on and says, "Fuck the home run. I want to hit 300." And then since then, guess what? We're bottom five in the league in home runs. Well fucking played. Well fucking played, Frank. It, it's not. It, and look, I, I get it. Like they, we weren't like a massive power team in 2019 or anything like that before he came along. Menachino came in 2020. We know this. I still blame him. And hey, maybe he's not the actual issue, but. It's a good place to start. Like, Joel, you you lost your your pitching coach. It's been better since then, right? Literally, it's been like four. It might have been a game since he they he, they signed him, and then he stayed around for a while, which is the weirdest thing. But um, let me ask you this, Tommy, because on Minnesota Sports Radio, we talked about the White Sox, right? It's interdivision stuff, and consistently. The topic that comes on about the White Sox is that Tony Larusa needs to get fired. 
And for you to not go to the top, right? Yeah. Attitude reflects leadership. Remember the Titans. But to go to Frank Caliendo, is it? Is that his name? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> to me, you got somebody who is above the below and below the upper hashtag year theme song for this summer. Yes. But you got somebody above Frank that also influences the culture. And you didn't mention once Tony's name in that. Well, yeah. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a given um, that I don't like Tony, you know? Um, I don't think I, I, I think if you take a poll of White Sox fans, you'd get seven out of 10 would not like Tony. Um, and I, and no, you're probably right. I, I, I should, I should set my sights a little higher. The guy just, he's in love with Gavin Sheets and there's no reason why. <laughs> like I have Gavin Sheets rookie cards thinking they're valuable just because of the hype machine that's been behind them. Dude, it's, I need to sell. Yeah, you should sell. You should have sold right after he hit that uh, solo dinger in game, game five or game. Yeah. In game five of uh, last year's ALDS. That would have been prime time to to sell that card, but say lovey. Um, no, I I would say this though. Um, it's uh it's not been fun uh, as a White Sox fan, but we can have fun as White Sox fans. We can. Um, again, like they're out in in uh, in San Francisco, and I I know it's surprising that I haven't talked about the Giants yet on this podcast, but I'm trying to avoid that so that I don't hear shit later on about how I'm actually a San Francisco Giants fan, even though I very much love the White Sox more. Stop asking. And uh, Steve, again, if he was on this podcast right now, he would be railing me about being a more of a Giants fan. But they're in the same boat, actually. They're, they're, their offenses are both scuffling. They're, you know, performing underperforming teams. Okay. Again, I'm not talking about the giants. I, I wasn't, I'm not going to go there. I wasn't going to go there. It's fun. <laughs> Talk about well, you like Tommy. That's what people want to hear. I freaking, I just love Carlos Rodon. I love Jock Peterson. Look, if this team had Jock Peterson, Jock Peterson was available this off season, but you know, San Francisco was the ones who gave him the bag. He's the guy who's hitting dingers. We should have grabbed him up. We got an AJ Pollock. Hey, Pollock has been actually pretty good in the last like couple of months. But I'm telling you, like I, I just I would prefer a team that hit the long ball because, well, I like I like fireworks. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so I wanted to I wanted to break some things down with you here. Um, but before I do that, actually, I, I actually this is a burning question in the back of my head. I'm gonna bring it to the front. Do you believe in clutch hitting? No. It's it's a myth. It's a fantasy that you want to hold on to, dude, because we are in the business of takes. Okay. You just say something. You boom, here's the little nugget you can hold and understand. And the word clutch hitting is a take. And it feels good when it comes out of the mouth. Just say it clutch hitting. It's like a phonetically nice. But the reality is every single moment that these men are up to bat is an incredibly tense, high-pressure situation. Millions of dollars are on the line right today. If they hit home runs, it happens. So this idea that October is like something that their brain can't fathom is beyond me. Like this isn't just us in a pickup game hanging out. This is their professional job. Every moment is a clutch hit in their head and they try their best. What else do you want me to say? I 
Um, I appreciate how emphatic you were in that response. I vehemently disagree. And look, I, I don't think that I would have disagreed with you until t- like the last month of this. Right. Because so is, is Tim Salmon a good hitter? No, I don't know. Wait, Tim Salmon? How like, old is this guy? 20 years ago, he was on the A's, or the, excuse me, the Angels, and he had some clutch hits in postseason. David Eckstein. Uh, do you, we don't care about their names because they had a good week in October. You know who a good hitter is with a large sample size. Clutch hitting is essentially reducing a sample size so that you think there's these other variables and factors that are at play that you've literally come up with in your own mind. Well, let me put it to you this way. With a team that this is going to be, you're going to disagree with me almost immediately. And I know that my logic is flawed, but I'm going to say it anyway. A team that gets a hit in the top, in, in the top 10, they are doing better than two thirds of the teams in the MLB in terms of how many times they get hits when they come up to the plate, right? Okay. They are below 500 and they're not driving in runs in those hits. We have the worst average with the bases loaded in the MLB right now. And it is absolutely apparent. Like every time it's just like, it is actually embarrassing how often people with the White Sox come up with the bases loaded or men in scoring position. And it just does not come through, even though they get like hits every inning. They like every inning, they get traffic on the bases and they do not drive in runs. This team is not clutch, Joel. No, dude, you're doing cause and uh, correlation. Have you heard this? I feel like I'm playing Steve's role right now. of just reining you back in. Do you know the idea of cause versus correlation? Uh, Cause... Yes, yes, because one thing is like correlation is stronger than causation, correct? Now, just too many words. And I know, let me just try my best to articulate what I'm saying. I could be saying wrong things. But you (laughs) are saying that when the bases are loaded versus when the bases aren't loaded, all other variables are the same. If you're going to try to analyze the batting average, your favorite stat, and have actual results. Thank you, Alex, for saying that. I'm spitting something. (laughs) When the bases are loaded, Tommy, is the worst relief pitcher throwing uh, from the other team, or do they try to bring in their flamethrower, therefore making it harder for this hitter to actually achieve the outcome that the offense wants? You're forgetting the fact that – okay, Uh, to answer your question – Yes, usually they bring in the high leverage guy to take care of it or, you know, the adrenaline gets going for whoever was on the mound to begin with that got into this mess. And all those and all those things are true. They go for the strikeout. They they don't like try to, you know, BS around anymore once the bases are juiced. It's all higher stakes and there's an extra tick on the fastball. Right. However, another thing that happens when the bases are loaded is the infield comes in. And it's easier, it's hypothetically easier to hit it past them, right? I mean, I understand what you're trying to say, but also at the same point, you can't, you're arguing more variables, and that's my entire premise. You're saying now that the infield's up, therefore it's actually not clutch hitting that is making this batting average go. 
it is actually the defense has worsened. So you tried to use an argument, but actually it just played more into my favor because you can't argue clutch as a variable more than defense hitting potentially even wins, dude, heat, the humidity, all of these factors are at play. And we just want our like childhood boy dreams of like, Oh, it's the, it's the final at bat in the world series and Joel and Tommy come and win it all for the team. It's, it's not that dude. It's just (laughs) professionals doing a job and they're trying their hardest every day. Um, you know, they can try their hardest and still not be clutch. Look, we've got a great comment here from Alex, right? Total plate appearances, you got about 2% of those are with the bases loaded. And 100% of the time, 100% of that 2%, the Sox suck. And that is a good sample size, if you ask me. Okay, I'm dead convinced, Joel. I'm dead convinced that clutch is real. Literally ask me last year, I would have said clutch is stupid. It doesn't exist. But I have definitive evidence from this White Sox team that gets hits all the time, all the time. There's people on base and there ain't no goddamn runs. In your car, Tommy, do you drive manual or do you drive stick? Do I drive manual or do I drive stick? Well, uh, I do automatic, actually. Thank you. That was the wrong <laughs> I just did the heads you win, tails you lose. Or I win, tails you lose. Uh, well, then this joke's not going to be funny because I just botched it. I was going to make like a clutch is in the like driving manual joke. <laughs> Okay. Hey, I, I see where the I see where the punchline was going, and I embrace that. I love that. Um, I used to drive stick. That was I, it was great because then nobody could borrow my car. Um, actually, and people used to believe in clutch hitting, but then they started to evolve and realize <laughs> that there's more to life. Okay, well, you know what? A lot of drag racers use like manual shifting. I think I don't know. I I'm assuming that I I'm trying to find a way oh, where clutch is relevant. <laughs> Their clutch is still relevant, Joel. Clutch is still relevant. Clutch wins games, and this team's not clutch. Clutch is the name of LeBron James's agency as well. That's oh, and okay, really quick shout out. We did talk about the the Timberwolves fucking it up. The Bulls did not, and uh, Jerry Reinsdorf gave somebody two hundred fifteen million dollars, which is a big fucking deal. Maybe he'll do it for the White Sox. Do you know who drafted that player? The Minnesota Timberwolves. And then they gave him away. <laughs> it's iconic, dude. We literally had the chance to do Wiggins instead of Levine, and we're like, Wiggins is better, and Zach took off. It's just the worst. <laughs> Joel, I, I did not mean to bring it back around and shit on Minnesota sports again. I didn't mean to. That was completely unintentional. I understand. It's just going to happen when we talk sports. It's inevitable. <laughs> that is that is tough. That is tough. But yes, Zach Levine's back in the Bulls. Go Bulls. Um, okay. I, I, I want to jump in. Uh, I do want to get to sports cards talk because that is what you're up to of recently. Wait, that is what you're up to recently. However, before we get there, can we talk about this upcoming series with the Twins and the White Sox? I just want to go up and down and say um, who you taking given uh, these positions uh, on the field. How do you feel? Great. Okay. So if you were given the opportunity, Twins or White Sox, who are you taking on each of these? Okay, look, we're done with the clutch conversation. What do you mean? We're done here. I can't. I Clutch is real. Clutch is real. Alex, I don't want to hear it anymore. 
If, if clutch wasn't real, then we would be winning games. We're getting a lot of hits. Anyway, I'm done. I'm done here. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was so close to getting on to the next topic. Um, Twins or White Sox? You got the starting rotations. Honestly, okay, let me hear what you got to say. Who are you going to take in the start if you had the Sox starting rotation going into Monday or the Twins starting rotation going into Monday? Yeah, I can't find the actual matchups yet uh, unless we have three new players named TBD that are supposedly really good, and I don't know about them. Um, but my heart is that I trust Chicago's pitching more than uh, Minnesota. It's it's a pedigree thing. I understand that your guys haven't thrown as good this year, but uh, it's regression to the mean for those that like that term. I think the Twins have been playing better than they actually would be pitching-wise, and Chicago's the inverse, so I would take you guys. Yeah, I well, this is the thing that was surprising. And this is why I think it's like important to bring this up in the first place is that going into the season, this would have been hands down the White Sox. It's I think it's still the Sox because you got, you know, you got Kopech and, and Cease who are really playing out of their minds recently. Lance Lynn's back and he, the big bastard is is in true form, as you saw yesterday in, in San Francisco. And look, you, you just giolito we don't know about and uh johnny cueto has been a fucking revelation but but with archer and fucking dylan bundy and like you just did not expect the twins to sunny gray you didn't expect them to have a good starting rotation and here they are that's one of the main reasons why the twins are in first right now is that the starting rotation has been better than representative yeah, and I mean, we will avoid Cease and Geo. We do know that from your guys throwing them this weekend. Um, but in general, as you said, you guys have depth in your rotation of quality arms. So I would imagine that is your win. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. However, comma, that Joe Ryan guy, isn't it Joe Ryan? Who Who is he? Where did he come from? Is he? he why is he good? So the Twins traded Nelson Cruz for him last year. Uh, they got the Rays got half a year, and I don't know what the Rays were doing in that trade. That's like the first Tampa Bay failed trade that I can remember. Like we fleeced them; they didn't even keep Nelson, and he was our opening day pitcher. Uh, yeah, two first names: Ricky Bobby. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I like him, but certainly he also has had nights where he's really gotten shelled. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lucas Giolito, worst pitcher in baseball. Um, anyway, that's a that's a Chicago. There's a there's a commercial that runs in Chicago that says Lucas Giolito, worst pitcher in baseball. And then they go on and talk about how he became an all star the next year. Anyway, besides that. the point, besides the point, bullpen. Are you going to take in, in like on a given night? You, are you going to take the twins bullpen or the Sox bullpen? It's it's. From what I understand, you're kind of lesser of two evils. Um, I'm still going to go Chicago because Pagan has blown like four saves recently. <laughs> and um, it's tough, man. We're not in a good place. We don't manage our bullpen well. Um, I would say you all taking it. Yeah, I uh, no, I look, I, I want to say the twins, but also I saw your guys' series against the guardians and holy shit, dude, that bullpen is pain. 
We so, got Griffin Jacks, who was supposed to just be a slinger, and now he's like literally our second best guy. Like he was supposed to be a dude who would mop, and now he is bopping for us. Mop to bop. Mop to bop. <laughs> hey, that's Vinny Velo for us. He was he was mop up to now everybody fucking loves the guy. And uh Vince Velasquez, that is, and he's actually not very good, but a great story. Um, okay. Let's let's go over into the nitty gritty here. We've got the the actual position players. If you were gonna uh, have the opportunity to replace the Twins outfield with the White Sox outfield, would you do it? No. No, I would take our outfield, and that's without Trevor Larnack being out for six weeks. He's a pretty good. He's a pretty good dude, but we still have uh, Cap. We still have Buck. We still have uh, Celestino's actually stepped in and been all right at times. Um, I would take ours. Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough to argue with you on this point because, like, look, I love, I love me some Luis Robert and I love me some, well, I don't really. I'm like, I, I think, I know, I know logically that AJ Pollock is a good player, but I can't get behind him for some reason. Well, it's because Steve loves him so much. That's the real reason. But, we just put too many first basemen in the outfield to really <laughs> argue this point with you. You you literally have Byron Buxton and and Max Kepler, and that's that's enough of the argument for me on it. With our first basemen that are trying to play right field, yeah, you're. I, I would take the Twins outfield right now, uh, and that may be blasphemy considering our best player, Luis Robert, plays out in center field. But so does ours. And if you were given the trade of Buxton for Luis or Robert right now, would you take it? Oh, pain. Um, Buck's contract is phenomenal. He signed so under market value because of the concern for injury. Right. You're going to have to play Luis a ton in the future, man. I think you guys would take that trade. I don't know, man. I mean, we've already... Uh, I'm. It's, it's tough to argue that Luis Robert doesn't have injury history either. Like, he's been in and out of the IL since, since 2020 as well. So, I mean, is okay, that is that is a that is a good fucking question. We also have Alex Kirloff, who was tearing the ball. He was the best minor league hitter up until his call-up. And, I mean, he's been okay. And he was our first-round pick recently. So, the third guy in our order, I think, is better than your third guy as well. Well, as of this moment, our third guy is like Andrew Vaughn, right? Who's who's a fantastic hitter, but he's just not he's just not a fucking he's not an outfielder. He's not an outfielder. Like Kyle Schwarber being out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not. It's it's worse than that. He's a goddamn butcher. It's well, actually Andrew Vaughn is technically better than Gavin Sheets, I think, who almost single-handedly threw away a game the other night uh yeah and i i was gonna say this joel the there is a there is a team-friendly Luis robert uh contract extension as well so it, it's not for as many years i don't think as the buxton we contract. got him at seven yeah I think so that's we, pretty nice yeah that's pretty it's pretty good but anyway i think i think push come to shove i would be taking the the twins outfield um now this isn't this is a little bit more interesting here if you if you were given the opportunity to take the White Sox infield over the Twins infield right now, would you do it? No, it's not interesting, Tommy. Settle what? down. It Settle is, down, dude. You're in Bobo White Sox exceptionalism right now. 
Unbelievable. So who Why? would you rather have Correa or Tim Anderson? Tim Anderson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, Tim Anderson is about to be the goddamn all-star for starting AL shortstop all-star. Tommy. Important. Tommy, look me in the eye. Who do you rather have? Would you rather have Correa or would you rather have Tim Anderson? <laughs> no, look, no, I, I, I'm, I didn't hesitate. I didn't hesitate. And mm-hmm. the answer is still Tim Anderson okay. because I... I'm a diehard fan. How's now, Sion Mancato? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting, man. <laughs> Dude, I know Jose Abreu as a bopper is something yes. that we don't have. Yes. But other than that, in the other three positions, I feel so much more confident in our infield. Jorge Polanco is really good, dude. You didn't even talk about Josh Harrison, bro. What is that? I didn't because honestly, <laughs> can you ever keep track of what team Josh Harrison is on? I, he, could been, he could have been released or traded yesterday, and I wouldn't have been surprised. I would have loved it. I would have loved it. He's been playing better of late, defensively, and with the bat in his hand. However, comma he's been shit up until May thirty, May thirty first. I want to say mid June. Actually, he's been he's been total not not productive. Yeah, you know, when I looked at it earlier, I thought this was a more interesting conversation on the infield side of things. I mean, you also have Luis Arias, who's like, you know, he's not Jose Abreu, but he's good. Yeah. He's good. And he's more versatile, too. Doesn't he play other places on the diamond? Yeah, I mean, I would, in a heartbeat, trade for Abreu. And Arias is like a professional hitter. The dude hits the ball into the places where they ain't all the time. But Abreu literally won an MVP. thank you so much for having an outside perspective that loves jose abreu because i feel like that i agree with i absolutely have to defend the man on every fucking podcast steve's just like constantly saying andrew vaughn needs to take his plate appearances at first base like which is so stupid it's like anyway he's he's expecting the aggression He's been expecting the Jose Abreu regression for checking the date of four and a half years now. And it's just, sorry, it's not happening. Um, This is, uh, see, not April 30th. Okay. Okay. So Josh was bad in April. Alex, once you hit the WRC there at the end, Tommy literally just invalidates any number that came before that. He's like, I don't care about anything. It's not that 268. <laughs> you could maybe convince him the 345 is a real number. The 390, yeah, a little tough. Probably not going to care. I forget what the third number in the slash line That's is. All what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, but push come to shove. I'm taking the White Sox infield. I know it's not smart to do, but I'm doing it. I believe in Yon Moncada. He's going to bounce back. I believe that Tim Anderson is going to be a better shortstop at the end of the year than Carlos Correa. Call me fucking crazy. And Jose Abreu is my goddamn guy. I'm never going to give him up. So sunk cost, Tommy. Sunk cost. You got (laughs) Mincato in the Chris Sale train. That's the thing, the cornerstone you placed it on. He's not that. Okay. But, but. You know, you can't, people always do this where it's like, you can't go back in time. You paid what you paid for the guy. It doesn't yep. matter what you paid for him at this point. It's, it's the guy that you have, right? So what is he to you? He's a big league player. 
you know, he is an everyday starter at third base and he holds a good glove in his hand. I'm telling you, like that is undervalued. Like, look, that that isn't to say that we don't need to put better pieces around the team. And, and we, we can't count on him to be our all-star third baseman. It's just not, I don't think that's in the cards anymore. However, he's not a bad player. He's not and neither is Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela is a better defensive third baseman. So you're we're talking about who is a better infield. You're saying Yohan Mankata. You could argue is around Gio, but he's not better. Okay. <laughs> you're hurting my feelings, Joel. You're hurting my we, feelings. We have a high batting average infield, Tommy. You should love that. Tim Anderson. Jose is he, Abreu. Is that better than Luis Arise? I didn't know that. That's interesting. Luis Arias is like, if if we're going to take one player from, from you guys, it'd be Luis Arias. And I'd throw him in the corner immediately. Like I'd throw him at third base. You You know what? My logic doesn't need to exist. I don't need logic to, to explain things. Okay. We're moving on team defense. I I wanted to throw in this. It's not technically. We went through starting rotation, bullpen, outfield, infield, those are all like actual like positions, I guess, on the field. I, I, I did want to bring this up, though. As a team, defensively, would you take the Twins or the White Sox? The Twins, Tommy. Tommy, <laughs> come back to me, dude. I try to be unbiased. I gave you pitching. But don't <laughs> sneak in the back door with the defense, dude. <laughs> okay, look. Just because the team is the second worst fielding percentage, and I know fielding percentage is a flawed stat, right? But when it's bad, you know it's bad. Just because the Sox have the second worst fielding percentage in the league doesn't mean that they're a bad team. Can that be the name of the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) No. Bad idea. Bad idea. Um, Yeah, and we're also third to last in total errors. It's fine. It's fine. It's honestly, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it, Joel. I, I I wish that we could put more first basemen in the outfield. I think that's the way to go. That's going to be outlawed. That's the future. That's if the we can't future. have a certain amount of pitchers in a roster, which what does that even mean? First of all, <laughs> does, does Lactartuga, Williams, Estadio count as a pitcher? or a He should. Player? Like, what do we know? It's just an absurd – that will not last. But – the the shift won't last either if that's the posture that MLB's having. I think that's a pretty hot take that you think that there's going to be a a, a point in time where pitcher to position player like limits in the roster are going to go by the wayside. That's a hot take. What is a pitcher, Tommy? The, the guy that throws the ball. So so what do you have to do in a terrible game? Look at these managers are smart in a terrible game. I, Go put in Max Kepler, have him thrown in, and you get Shelby's pitcher. Or the opposite, have the pitcher go in a terrible game, go and take a, a at bat. Oh, that'll never happen, though. That's see, that's where the argument falls apart because that'll never happen. They're not going to throw pitchers out at the plate. Why? He could stand there for three strikes. He took them all, strike out. It's already a ten to zero game. Who cares? He's a batter now. What do you? How do you justify who's a batter? Because I think the 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 difference is like major league pitching innings are not as much of a commodity as major league at bats, right? And the game doesn't matter. They're both not commodities, Tommy. They're totally look. If you are in a goddamn blowout, right, and your team 
like has a guy on the bench that they're carrying because he's, you know, the future or whatever. Like they have, they have, I don't know. Or even if it's just a guy that they want to get some plate appearances to see who he actually is in the major leagues, right? That's a commodity. You can put a guy in an at bat situation that regardless of the score will be good for him to see major league pitching. Right. Whereas on the flip side, if it's a goddamn blowout, you would rather save your arms the stress of throwing the ball and you could put in position players like that. It's not a commodity to have more major league innings. It's actually a detriment to have more major league innings on your arm versus more plate appearances, the better. This is by far the most respect I have to your counter argument. (laughs) I, I just want that to be clear. It still doesn't matter because who cares if this guy who has potential can slam La Tortuga's 72 mile an hour over the plater, dude. It's not a real at bat. In the world of clutch hitting, Tommy, it doesn't show that he has a gene that's different when he sees the ball at a slower speed than other people in tense situations. Uh, it clutch hitting is Israel, and uh, that home run that Yermin Mercedes hit. On a 3-0 pitch off Lato Triga, that was real as fuck too. Yermin Mercedes is now a San Francisco Giant. Don't forget. Um, so San Francisco Giants, Tommy. Yeah, well, I I'm not going to talk about them because we they are currently our enemy. So I have to put them in a box until after the series is over, and then I can start celebrating them again. Uh, they're they're having they're having a tough stretch. They're in third in in the in the division now. That's enough. We're not talking about the Giants. What I do want to talk about, Joel, and I feel bad I didn't get to this earlier. You do sports cards now. You do a channel. It's actually. It's your video editing. I didn't expect your video editing to be as good as it was. No offense, but I, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it. It is so hard for me to do anything <laughs> with technology. The half an hour leading up to this was just trying to get the camera on. And so luckily we got it, which honestly, I don't think either of us understand how it happened. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't um, make sense. No, thank you, man. If anybody's watching this on YouTube, if you could just open up another tab and hit subscribe on my channel, it would mean the world to me. You uh, should. I have two giveaways right now. It's uh, Joel's sports cards, and you can win some awesome cards. I love being able to give cards away, and I love to be able to just interact. Like, you guys have this community, right? You're mm-hmm. not trying to make this a professional thing. It's just fun to be able to do it, and I yeah. have that outlet with sports cards. So it's something I collected as a kid, and then, like so many people, when you're home alone for 2020, 2021, I started getting into it and it has just kind of grown and been something that's really fun for me to interact with on this YouTube platform. So please, seriously, if you could subscribe, if you're listening, if you're on the podcast, just go on to YouTube and hit that uh, button. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And, but if you've listened to the podcast before and if you've listened for a long time, for sure, you've heard Joel, you know, he's funny and he's fun. The sports channel, the sports cards channel that he does. I honestly, it's, it's fun. I, I will say though, I am a huge, huge rookie when it comes to cards. I, I do not understand at all. And actually I had a list of questions. Please, because- I, I would love, and anybody can email me at Joel's sports cards at gmail.com. If you have any questions about it, I love answering those. Hell yeah, man. Okay. So rookie question, rookie card collector questions that yeah. I, that I came up with. Cause it's like, I really, I do not understand. So 
what in the like the whole basis of collecting cards is that some cards are more desirable than others. What is this? Why is this so? Yeah, I mean, it's basic economics, right? Supply and demand. So the easiest one to understand is supply. And for you to understand supply from a large picture, the late 80s to 90s enters something called the uh, junk wax era. And so they're, hey, thank you so much, Little Moose. Seriously, that is incredible. I hope the 22 in your name is for Andrew Wiggins or Miguel Sano, number 22. (laughs) Maybe that's the guy you represent. Um, Probably 2022, but you you never know. Or maybe it's Harrison Smith. Maybe he's a Vikings fan. Um, Okay. Junk wax era. There is a ton of product that is printed. So the supply is very high and those cards aren't really as desirable, except for the 1989 Ken Griffey Jr. is probably, it's for sure the most iconic baseball card. It rivals the Jordan Flair uh, card. And so from that though, a lot of people get burned and some of like the people like our parents age, like viewed sports cards as an investment. And those things specifically didn't hold as much value because of way too much supply. Then from about, you know, middle nineties to middle 2015, there's an era where there's not as much printed and they're really sports cards are trying to find their current lane. The thing that has happened recently, especially within the last two years is the print runs have gone up and up. So the pop count, they talk about pop count, population count is mm-hmm. higher and higher. So if everybody and their mom has a Luis Robert rookie card, it's not that valuable, right? Because anybody can buy it. Then people who are trying to sell lower their price just to get their card pushed. And so supply is a huge thing. And then demand, right, is A, do people like the player? That's the biggest factor is, is the player good? And then is the brand or the set of that card actually a desired brand? And there's a ton of different things that happen within that. Okay. So that's actually, that's part of my thing is like the, there's so many different card makers as it were out there. Is there a preferred brand of yours right now? Like, is there a card, if you were walking into a card store, are there cards can we start there are there card stores that you go to or is this like you like walmart target is the best to do you know a lot more than you think you know tommy so uh walmart and target sell cards as well as a lot of other retail places uh those have been harder to find cards because the resale market has increased through the last 20 years so it's better now than it was last year but it might be hard for you to find premier product that's worth your time and money available at Target right now. Um, there is something called a local card shop, which is an LCS is what people often refer to it as. And that's the brick and mortar place. But a lot of it has become online, right? Somebody's eBay, eBay store, they can buy and sell and move really quick. Facebook, different apps. Uh, so there's not all business done inside a shop, but a local card shop does exist. And to answer your question about the people who make cards. So the biggest two to be aware of are tops and then Panini. And I imagine if you haven't heard of much about baseball cards, you still know tops and you might not know Panini uh, because Panini is within the last um, 15 some odd years and tops has licensing for baseball, meaning on the card, they can show the logo and they can say the team name. 
Panini for baseball doesn't have that licensing. So literally the hat would just be like a gray hat. And <laughs> instead of and the White Sox, it says Chicago on it. And there's no reference to like the actual names. I really like Panini in general over tops, but even for baseball. Yeah. Even for baseball, dude, because they have kind of taken a newer approach to what a baseball card is. So if you grew up collecting uh, tops baseball, there's like a nostalgia there. That's really important to a lot of uh, fans who are uh, collectors who are older than I am. I don't feel that same connection, the kind of design and uh, card brands that is Panini resonate more with me, but Panini also has kind of been just doing the money grab thing right now. And they actually just got bought out by fanatics. And you might know fanatics as like the people that print jerseys and uh, Michael Rubin. And so within the next five years, fanatics is actually going to kind of run show. And therefore there's this new era to be aware of, but they, um, we don't really know exactly what it'll all look like either. So that's a lot of info, but hopefully helpful. No, that's, I mean, that is helpful because I'm like, I'm from the perspective where it's like, I would assume the, that the jersey or the team, the, <laughs> the brand that can put the actual jersey on the, on the card would be more desirable. But so it is more valuable. The mm-hmm. value and desire are different words, right? Uh, Fair. A card that has like Luis Robert's rookie card from Tops is much more important than any Panini product that's not a super short print where the demand is high, but the supply is really low. The average rookie card from a Panini product of Luis without that logo is garbage in comparison to Tops. But I would rather have that Panini card because I just like how it looks and I understand the brand more. Okay, that makes sense. It, I am tracking. It doesn't seem like I am, but I am tracking. Oh, you are, dude. <laughs> so, okay. This is, you know, I'm not going to understand, you know, other sports as well as I'm going to understand MLB, but I do understand that some sports cards pop off at different times. And I, by sports cards, I mean some different sport sports <laughs> their yeah. cards pop off at different times so is there like a like is the nfl popping right now is is like M- mlb or or nhl like what what sport card is popping right now so what's weird about the sports card world is that honestly hype is way more important than actual legitimate on the field production so like zion still has a market even though he has not performed um the players on the white Sox that matter in the sports cards world is straight up luis eloy and andrew vaughn uh pitchers don't really have a market in general um so that's kind of challenging and sad Mm. Uh, just because it's i think a little harder to be consistent within it more volatile more volatile, exactly. So all that to be said, right now there's not a lot of hype in baseball. Weirdly enough, although things are happening, until the postseason comes, uh, there isn't really that machine that's pushing it. Basketball just ended, and so they're in their like lowest place. Now, we all know that the markets in general, like stocks and crypto, that also impacts sports card market. So right now, cards are lower than they have been just in general, a baseline and basketball is the lowest of that because why would somebody buy 
a Jason Tatum card right now. Nothing's going to really move within the market because he's not going to play or no hype's going to be created until, you know, almost April, right? Maybe a little bit in October. And so what is really popping right now is actually football. And football is for sure king in general in sports cards. It's the hardest product to get. Um, and that is just because there's so many people that stink and love football in this country and in this world, man. So football would be the hottest because people want to get in before the actual moment, right? It, it's cool. It's like the band scene, right? Oh, I knew Imagine Dragons before they were big. Okay, nobody really says that. But, but the idea is that it's you want to get in before. So like yeah. uh, a Justin Fields card, you're actually behind on a Fields moment right now. He's already too hyped. You would need to be like Khalil Herbert is the guy that I think could pop off at some point or running back for the Bears um, for you to get in uh, at a reasonable price. So that's it. So it basically the card market – follows the seasons of the actual leagues yeah for sure man like the if you're doing the bell curve or whatever exactly and just think about it i mean it is a business in a lot of ways and there's a ton of people that do this professionally so they have a very calculated approach and they drive what is going on way more than anything that i would do um because they put that real money into something and Literally, like, why would a, a local card shop buy a ton of basketball cards right now when the demand's not going to be that until October? Yeah, yeah. And LCS, it's still sticking my head. It's League Championship Series. I don't know what this local card shop crap is. Dude, like anything, there's weird lingo, right, that everyone talks about. Uh, and sports cards have, like, the weirdest lingo. Like, everyone talks about soft corners. Like, if the corner's not pristine, you'd be like, oh, it's kind of oh corner and it makes it like so like undesirable but it's like no one's focused on soft corners more than sports cards like why would anybody say that a, a print line there's print lines that could be in the card like people talk about the most minute details of a sports card weird weird but i go i like it uh, okay so the last pack that you opened in in the most recent video all the cards were like curved what's yeah. What does that do to the value? If it's bent when you come out of the pack, what does that do to the value? Yeah. So in general, it's hard to get it in a top loader, right? So if you're storing cards, number one, you don't want to just throw it in a shoebox. Uh, there's something called a penny sleeve, which they used to cost one cent for a hundred. If you find it at that price right now, you're lucky. Um, but you put it in that price, that penny sleeve, and then you put it in a top loader, which is a harder plastic. So just think about a hard piece of plastic. I don't know how to do this right here. If it's bent, it's not going to enter. This is really bad visually. If it's <laughs> bent, it's not going to get into that little space easily. So if you can get it in there and sell it to a top, you know, in a top loader, somebody might not care. Um, it doesn't necessarily affect the grade of a card, which grading is a big part of the sports cards uh, industry. You can send in a card and they'll review uh, centering of it is the card actually top to bottom, left, right, centered. They'll review the surfaces, the like kind of top, bottom, and then corners and edges. And that's not obviously the curve isn't part of that. But in general, if you're not putting it through all of that, it's really hard to store a curved card in a box uh, because it just takes up space and stacking them on top is just mm. brutal. And it just shows that Panini has 
really expedited their print run process this year because the supply shortage was so intense. We're actually yes. still getting rookie cards coming out for football players that were drafted in 2021. Not this most April draft. The April draft of 2021, oh. there's still a ton of product that hasn't been released yet, which is just because of the print run, just like every other industry in uh, the world. Uh, cardboard is not as accessible. Therefore, they had to delay releases. That's wild. That's like, like I did not expect that to like affect yeah. the industry, but it makes sense because it's affecting literally everything else. Okay, so my my... Next question was going to be, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Please. So I want to ask, and this will be my last one, if that's you know permitted. But <laughs> when would you say is the best time to get into buying, trading, selling cards? Yeah. I would say the best time is to wait. Because if you are seeing this right now, it's really easy to be like, sick, I'm going to go buy a card. And you might not understand all of the elements that are at play. You might not see, hey, this is actually a good place uh, because of the fee structure that I would have to pay uh, to order to get this card. You don't know as much as you think you know. And if you buy right away, you're actually just going to probably have a sunk cost that you're going to have to deal with because you didn't actually buy the right card or you weren't aware of factors. So if anyone's listening for this, to the first time, I would really strongly recommend that you wait and honestly just try to learn a ton. YouTube has an incredible community of content creators. And so thank you. Um, that will You'll learn a lot just by watching them. And there's podcasts and all that stuff. I would say don't buy it now. Legitimately, you'll have way more fun if you're not sunk a cost from the get-go. And you can figure out, do I want to just collect cards? Am I viewing this as like a side hustle? It's a lot harder to make it a side hustle than I think people initially think because mm -hmm. there's a lot of factors that go into play. Uh, and rem reminder, if you have a side hustle, taxes is a thing if you want to legally enter into this endeavor. And so you have to factor in that 30% chop too that uh, is overhead no matter what you do, even if you don't have a card LS LCS card shop that you're paying overhead for. So my honest uh, advice would be to wait and just keep listening to content creators for a long time until you feel ready. That's pretty sage advice. And also good plug for yourself, even though you didn't plan it, listen and watch Joel's sports cards, get yourself into it, follow him for a while, then go and buy yourself some cards there. We actually have a guy on socks, Twitter, my socks summer who flips bobbleheads. And I feel like that's a much simpler market. <laughs> but uh he does well <laughs> it's not a saturated right you're competing against professionals if you try to enter this and just like uh clutch hitting you know they're really clutch salesmen at this time and there's people that have clutch sales in sports cards clutch is real that's a great place to end the podcast in my opinion um joel anything else uh, any final thoughts for for the people out there yeah. Hey, just to Steve, when you listen to this, dude, uh, we actually don't need you back. Uh, just stay <laughs> out west, man. Enjoy your time there. Uh, you know, we thank you for your uh, starting the Sons of Honarchy podcast, but this is the Sons Steve Honarchy <laughs> podcast now. So um, seriously, Tommy, it's the best to be a part of this. You guys have built an incredible community, and that is credit 
to the authenticity that you two bring, the consistency that you have had. It's not easy, y'all, to make this actually happen. Uh, shout out to the significant others of both Tommy and Steve because they sacrifice in order to make this happen. I have to thank my wife every day uh, when she allows me to make content, and it is a super fun thing to be able to do. So keep rooting on the Chicago White Sox. I love this team more than I used to because of this podcast. Uh, I used to not like the Sox because of the Ozzie Guillen era, but you guys have drawn me in to care about Chicago, and that shows how talented you are that you can get a non-White Sox fan to care about the team. And so box rant. Dang, um, we should have front-loaded that. Like, uh, no, <laughs> thank you, Joel. It's that's appreciative. I, I I really do. I appreciate that a lot. Um, and obviously, always, always fun to have you on. Um, no lies on, no lies detected there. Well, um, basically, this is where I sign off. Do you want to do the patent and sign off? I want to plug myself, Joel's Sports Cards, YouTube.com. Hit the subscribe button. You can get free cards. We're growing. We love you. Uh, the sign-off is, oh, my gosh, I'm worried. It's the, in Han we trust is, like, the last line. But you always say something. You say whatever you want, right? Steve, Steve, I, I run it up. I say in Han, in Han we trust, and then Steve pulls something out of his ass usually. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. All right. So are, you, are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. In Han we trust. Steve-O, you are a bust. <laughs> That's perfect. All right. Catch you next week.